I don't know if somebody's trying to give me a sign, but I see there are some glasses up here. And I don't know who left them up here, but I'm going to try to wear them because maybe you guys realize that I can't see anything. And so I'll take the hint if these are for me, and if not, then I apologize. But uh, they look like they got a little film. Either I'm tearing somebody's glasses up or, or fixing them right. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try this out, y'all, because I can't see. I'm getting old. I'm 32 now. And uh, I think it's going to get a little better with age, probably. So by 42, I'll be good to go. All right, we are in the book of Revelation. We are we are into the thick of it now. We have we have uh, started to get to uh, some difficult stuff. And uh, last week we uh, started chapter six. Today we will try to conclude chapter six. We had seen a message to the seven churches, some, some words of uh, encouragement, some words of things to look out for, some promises of, of rewards that would be obtained by the believer who stood firm to the end. Uh, and then we, we saw John in, in heaven. We see this beautiful throne room. Uh, we see the Lamb come onto the scene and take this uh, scroll from uh, the right hand of God, and it was sealed, and only the Lamb is worthy, only Jesus is the one who's worthy to open this scroll and to see what's going to take place. And it's sealed with seven seals, which means it is complete. It is sealed. It is, it is perfect. It is uh, sealed by God. And obviously John wanted to see what was in this scroll. So Jesus come on to the scene and begin to open these seals. And as each seal was opened, we began last week to see some different things that were going to take place. Now we looked at the first four events of these first uh, four seals being opened. I believe that these first four seals, uh, the first one represented the Antichrist. That is one who appears to be victorious, one who appears to be a conqueror, uh, one who seems like he's going to lead people right, but he is going to be deceptive. We know through Scripture that uh, the devil is a deceiver. He is one who clothes himself as an angel of light uh, and, and misleads people. Uh, Jesus tells us, we looked in Matthew chapter 24. You want to put a finger in there today too. We'll be back there if you want to flip to that. We see that Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter 24 and Revelation chapter 6, they go along with each other very well. Uh, in, in Matthew 24, Jesus warns of false messiahs, those who come and claim to be the Messiah, those who come falsely and mislead people the wrong way. I believe that the first seal that was uh, spoken of, that was broken, was one speaking of the Antichrist. We then see uh, the next seal. We see wars take place. We see uh, rumors of wars that Jesus talks about in Matthew chapter 24. We see these things coincide. Uh, we see famine. We see pestilence. We see uh, persecution. We see uh, all these different things that Jesus warns are going to take place. We begin to see them take place in these seals. I believe that these events that are talked about in the book of Revelation are events that are going to come at the end time. Now, that may have been filled to some extent at some other periods of history, but ultimately I believe they speak of the end times and will be completed and fulfilled fully as the end draws near. Jesus says in Matthew 24 that these are just the birth pains. These are just the uh, beginning of the things to come. I believe that these uh, verses, starting in chapter 6, are what's spoken of in Daniel chapter 9, which is uh, these seven years of tribulation. In Daniel chapter 9, it talks about that there will be seven years. Uh, the Antichrist, the des uh, abomination of desolation will come, that being the Antichrist, in the middle of those seven years, and he will perform something that's just uh, blasphemous. And that's what's going to take place. And I believe that 
Chapter 6 is where uh, this seven-year tribulation period uh, begins to occur. Now, look, I know this is difficult stuff. I know uh, some of you have probably read through the book of Revelation. You've read all that stuff in Daniel. You've read Matthew, Mark, and, and Luke where Jesus talks about these accounts of the end times. And it is some difficult stuff in there. We talked when we started the book of Revelation that God's Word is never meant to confuse us. But there are some things that we just can't fully understand at this point in time. Maybe God has hidden it from us. Uh, maybe there's coming a time we will understand. There are many different views on the book of Revelation. We talked about that. But one thing we do know is that Jesus is going to return and He has been victorious. And we may differ on some of the views, but what we can't differ on is the fact that Jesus Christ is God's Son who came, He died, He resurrected, and He's coming back. And so uh, some of these verses are, are difficult. I'm preaching to you what I believe these verses say. I've prayed about it and I've read and I've studied. And I'm, I'm preaching to you what I feel like God wants this church to hear. And so while it may be different from things that, that you've heard in the past, I have to be true to what I feel like the Scripture uh, has led me to, to understand, what God, what the Holy Spirit has led me to understand. And I believe as Christians that we will be here through a portion of what is going to be uh, the tribulation period at the end, through the difficulties that are going to take place. I believe Jesus is pretty clear on that in Matthew chapter 24. I believe that we Christians will take place or will be part of the tribulation, at least the first part, with some things that take place. And we're going to talk about that a little more in the service today. So, let us pray, then we will read the text, Revelation chapter 6, starting with verse 9 through the end, and then we will dig into God's Word. Let's pray. God, I come to you this morning and I pray that you be with us. Because God, there's some tough stuff in the book of Revelation. There's some scary stuff in there. Dear Lord, I want to be obedient to what your Word says. I want to, I want to be faithful to your Word and to lead your people. So I pray that your Holy Spirit uh, would lead these people. God, that they just not would listen to what I have to say, to my words, but that they would go and read your Word themselves. Dear Lord, that you would help us all to be in your word and understand and know the things that are coming. God, we may, different, uh, we may have different views and different opinions, but I pray that as Christians that we would uh, not argue and debate those things, but trust that you're going to fulfill what you want to take place when the time has come. God, I pray that you would just help me to lay down my pride this morning, to not think too highly of myself, to not think that I can preach good, dear Lord, because I'm just a servant. I'm a humble, weak servant, dear Lord, and so I pray that you would Help me to hide behind the cross this morning, that you would hide me there, that you would speak through me, that you would speak to each one in this, in this building, that you would help them to have an open heart and an open mind to hear what your word has to say, that we would be prepared for whatever may take place in the coming, coming days and months and years of our life, dear Lord, that we would always be ready for you. And I pray, God, that if there's one in this place today that does not know you, that they would come to know you, God. That's why we're here. We're here as Christians to learn and to grow in you. But God, more importantly, we're here to see lost souls come to you. And so I pray that if there are any lost souls in this place, that they would come to you today. I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Revelation chapter 6, verse 9. Let's see if these things do some good for me. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the people slaughtered because of God's word and the testimony they had. 
They cried out with a loud voice, Lord, the one who is holy and true, how long until you judge and avenge our blood from those who live on the earth? So a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little while longer until the number would be completed of their fellow slaves and their brothers who were going to be killed just as they had been. Then I saw him open the sixth seal. A violent earthquake occurred. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The entire moon became like blood. The stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its unripe figs when shaken by a high wind. The sky separated like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was moved from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the nobles, the military commanders, the rich, the powerful, and every slave and free person hid in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, because the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? We see a shift here from the first four seals to these next three seals that are about to be opened. The first four seals uh, speak of things that are going to happen on this world that I believe are God's judgment on this earth. They're God's judgment in a sense that He allows them to take place. He allows us to pretty much uh, go our own ways and do our own things. We see that uh, oftentimes in, 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 uh, uh, throughout the world today. We make a bad decision, we make a bad choice, and it's not that we aren't forgiven for that choice, but the things that happen are consequences. And I believe part of God's judgment on this nation and other nations in the past is that there are consequences for things that take place. Well, we see that, I can see it in our country today with uh, decisions that are made by, by political leaders and things that take place that I believe weaken our country because they take us away from God. Uh, we begin to allow things to take place that are sinful in God's eyes, and these things will have repercussions. It will bring a judgment on us that we have essentially brought upon ourselves because we refuse to do what God's Word says. We refuse to seek God's will. We refuse to stop living in sin. And as a result, we face God's judgment, which in some sense is just a result of our, of our sinfulness. It is consequences of our sinfulness. I believe that the first four seals are not God's wrath being poured out among His people, but God's judgment. God saying, this is the judgment, this is the consequences uh, for things that have taken place. By this point, the Antichrist has come onto the scene. Uh, there are wars. Everybody says they want peace. We see that in our world today. But in the end times, that's the last thing there's going to be. There's going to be wars. As a result of that, there's going to be uh, famines. There's going to be hard times. There's uh, going to be pestilences. There's going to be all these things that begin to take place. And I do not believe that these things are God's wrath, but I believe that they are God's judgment. These are all physical things that are going to happen in the first four seals as they've been broken. Jesus says these are the birth pains. Now, I'm not a woman and I've never had a child, so you women can correct me if I'm wrong, but here's what I understand. A woman gets pregnant, the baby's about to come, your body begins to give you some signs. There begins to be a little pain. 
And as time goes on, as the birth gets closer, there begins to be a little more pain. I'm getting pretty close, women. It starts to hurt. You know the pregnancy's getting closer. You know the baby's coming. And it starts to get a little closer. And it starts to get a little closer. And you start to scream. You start to hurt. You're in pain. And then, just before the child comes, it gets to be intense. You know that labor is about to take place because you can tell by the pains that are taking place that your body is letting you know something's about to happen. Something's got to give. Jesus tells us in Matthew 24 that the things of these first four seals are the birth pains. They, in my opinion, are things that are going to be spread out, but that are going to gradually get worse and gradually get worse until the pain is going to become unbearable, until it's going to become excruciating. That's what we see in the first four seals. And now we take a shift to where we are today to the fifth seal. Now we don't see things uh, that are happening so much, but we see kind of a change of, of pace. And what we see are those who have, been, who have been martyred. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the people slaughtered because of God's word and the testimony they had. Now in Matthew chapter 24, we see Jesus talk about it. Let's just flip over and read it. That way we know exactly what it says, and I don't have to paraphrase. Matthew chapter 24. We may be here for a while today, so it's all good, though. Matthew chapter 24, verse 9. Give everybody a second to get it. And I believe that Matthew 24, verse 9, the next couple of verses we're going to read after that, are what is being talked about in Revelation chapter 6 with the fifth seal that's being opened. This is what Jesus says. Now keep in mind, Jesus is talking to His disciples here. Matthew 24, verse 9. And then they will hand you over for persecution, and they will kill you. You will be hated by all nations because of My name. Then many will take offense, betray one another, and hate one another. Now, when we look at the fifth seal, if you flip back to Revelation, we see that there were many that were slaughtered because of their testimony. Because they would not deny the Lord, because they stood firm in their testimony of Jesus Christ. And it says that these were uh, people who were under the altar. That would have been the place in the Old Testament where the, the sacrifice would have been uh, taken place, the sacrifice of the burnt offerings. Perhaps it's that they are under the altar uh, where when the sacrifice was made, the blood would drip down and uh, signifying that they were covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm really not sure exactly uh, what that would mean. But here we have people who have taken a firm stand for Jesus Christ. These were people who had lost their life just as Jesus had said would take place in the end times, that there would be those who would kill those who took a stand for Jesus Christ. We are seeing, I believe, some of the beginnings of just how bad it could be in our world today. As bad as it is today, it's going to get much, much worse. As difficult as it is to be a Christian today and stand up for the Lord, I believe it's going to be that much worse. Nowadays, we see it in spots. We see it in different countries or worse than others. In the United States, I'm sure it happens even here that there are people who are killed because of their belief in Jesus Christ. But I believe once we enter this period, once we enter the tribulation period that will come, that we will see that become much more widespread and even to the point to where maybe right here in good old Liberty, Mississippi, it may be difficult for us to say 
that we are a Christian because who knows what might happen. You say, that could never happen. Here, it's hard to fathom. 50, 60 years ago, it would have been hard to fathom that that would happen anywhere in the world. But here we see it happening on a large scale today. And it could hit right here very close to home, whether we live in Liberty or wherever we may live in the area. It could be difficult times. Here we see those people who have been killed uh, during this tribulation time, possibly some who had martyred even before this tribulation time, and they are calling out to God from under the altar. In verse 10, They cried out with a loud voice, Lord, the one who is holy and true, how long until you judge and avenge our blood from those on the earth? These people, these Christians who had lost their life, these martyrs, are crying out for justice. They wanted justice to be served. How long, dear Lord, will you let these things take place? I mean, we look at this world today and all the bad things that take place, and we say, why in the world is God letting these things take place? Why don't He just come back and spare us? That's because it's not His time. We think we know what the best time is, and we think God needs to come back now, but let us not forget, God's ways are not our ways. They are much higher than our ways, and His thoughts are much uh, higher than our thoughts. So we don't understand why God didn't come back, but it's because He has a plan in place. I believe that plan is that He wants as many that will possibly come to Him to come to Him. And He is a patient God. It is unbelievable how patient God is. I can see that just from my life. If I would have been God, I would have given up on me a long time ago. God is a patient God. We see that because of what takes place in this world today. A lot of people say, well, God, He must not love people. He don't care about anybody. Why would He allow terrorism and all these bombings and all this stuff to take place and people die? Because God is a patient God. He's given people a chance to turn from their ways. He's given people a chance to repent. And in the process, some of these evil people in this world are taking the lives of these Christians, both today and in the future to come. I believe it'll get worse. And these who have given their life because of their testimony for Jesus Christ are there, I believe, in heaven, under the altar, so to speak. This is a vision, so there may not have been a physical altar there, but in John's vision, it helps us to understand that that's where he saw them. They were at the altar of the Lord, and they were crying out to God, when will you avenge us? They wanted justice to be served. Now we can relate to that. Now we got to be careful. We got to be careful because I believe that all of us want justice to be served. But there's a fine line between wanting justice to be served and seeking revenge. Because we can cross that line and we can become filled with so much hatred that when somebody does something wrong, we say, I want to see them burn in hell or I want to, you know, we have all this anger and hatred. And while we do want justice to be served, because God is a just God, what kind of God would he be if he just said, all right, I'm coming back, everybody just come to heaven, it's all good, I know some of you did some bad stuff. He would be a horrible judge and a horrible God. There are people who do horrible and evil things, you and I included, and God can't just wink an eye at those things. He wants us to be with Him. He sent Jesus Christ to die for us so that those evil things could be covered. But for those who don't turn to Jesus Christ and don't seek Him, those things aren't covered and God just can't sweep that under the rug. God has to address that. We want justice to be served. First, I want people to come to the Lord and turn from their evil ways and to repent and to be forgiven. But if that's not going to be the case, then we as Christians, we want justice to be served. These who had given their life wanted justice to be served. We understand that. It uses the word avenge here. They ask God to avenge them. 
I thought about the movie The Avengers. Now, I'm finna tell you all some movie spoilers, so if you're a movie buff, then cover your ears. No, not really. Just listen to it. It'll be all right. If you hadn't watched The Avengers, I'm sorry. I'm about to ruin it for you in Star Wars too. So if you hadn't watched Star Wars, it's been 40 years. You've had time. But we understand uh, people. We want justice to be served. We want the hero to win. Now, The Avengers is a group of, of these comic book heroes, Captain America, and all these strong people. And you have all these forces of evil, and they have come, and they have done all this evil on the earth, and they're killing people, and they're destroying cities, and you want them to be stopped. And there's this ragtag group of Avengers, Iron Man, and I won't go through all of them. And anyway, they're fighting these forces of evil. And you desperately want them to win because you don't want the bad guy to win. You want the bad guy to be stopped. The Avengers are going to come and avenge all the evil that these guys have done. Now there's a scene at the end of the Avengers. There's a bad guy in there. His name is Loki. Anyway, we won't go into all that. You can read comic books and find out for yourself. And he is a he is a, a god in his eyes. He thinks he is a big powerful god, and he's the one that's been causing all this destruction. And you want to see him get you want to see him lose, because he's been a bad guy. So here you come, the Avengers have got to this big battle, and here's Loki, and he's standing there in front of Hulk. Big old strong, super powerful Hulk. And Loki says something to the effect, I don't remember the word, John correct me later, you young people that know it. He says, I am a god. You can't stop me. I am a God. And Hulk reaches over there and he grabs him and he slings him back and forth and beats him around and he says, Puny God. And you feel good. You're like, yes, the hero of one. The Avengers have come and they have avenged all the evil that was done. Even the bad guy who thought he was a God and so tough, he couldn't stand up to the power of the ones who came to avenge the heroes. And that's what's going to happen one day for the Lord. No matter how powerful that the devil thinks he is, there is coming a day that God is going to be the ultimate Avenger. The movie tells you that, I, that uh, Captain America is the first Avenger. That's a lie. God's the first Avenger. He's going to come and He's going to avenge all of His people for all the evil that's been done. We like to see those who have done evil, we would like justice to be served. On the flip side... We also like it when we see bad, evil people turn to the light side, so to speak. Let's talk about Star Wars for a second. Now, if you've ever watched Star Wars, Darth Vader is a cool bad guy. He is a bad dude. And guess what? He's Luke Skywalker's father. I ruined it for you. All right, so you find out he's Luke Skywalker's father. He's been blowing up planets. He's been destroying the galaxy. And the whole time, Luke Skywalker, he won't kill him. He won't fight him. I know there's good in you. I know you can change. And at the very end of the last movie, Darth Vader has a choice to make. He can watch his son die or he can kill the evil emperor. And all of a sudden, guess what? There's some good in Darth Vader. And you're like, yes. And he goes and he kills the bad emperor and he turns to the good side. Even a guy that had been evil and causing all that destruction, you're happy because you see a bad guy turn good and balance is restored to the force. So we understand just from movies that we watch that we are excited when the evil person is avenged and we're also excited when the evil person turns from bad to good. And that is what God's desire is. God desires for everyone who is evil to turn from their evil ways even up until the very end. God is giving warning in the book of Revelation that we're going to see in the coming chapters that God gives opportunity after opportunity after opportunity for those who are living in darkness to turn to the light, to turn to Jesus Christ. I ain't talking about the force when I'm talking about the light. We're off of Star Wars. We're talking about the light of Jesus Christ here. We're back on Scripture. God desires that everyone would turn from their evil ways and be uh, and repent and be forgiven. But for those who won't, justice will be served and the great avenger will strike. 
And these people will get the prayer that they've requested. Let's read a little further. All right, after verse 10, they asked for God to avenge them. How long will it be, dear Lord? And this is what happened in verse 11. So a white robe was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little while longer until the number would be completed of their fellow slaves and their brothers who were going to be killed just as they had been. Now we saw at the, at the beginning of the book of Revelation, Jesus said one of the things that will happen for those who persevere through the hard times and stand strong and don't give in to the evil, that a white robe would be given to them. We see a similar language here. These people are victorious. These aren't the ones that are evil. These aren't the ones that are covered in dirty sinfulness. These are the ones who are given a white robe. That signifies that they are in Christ, that they have been clean, that they are redeemed, that they are spotless, and they are told to wait just a little longer until the number of those who will be killed like them would be complete. And I don't know uh, what the reason in here. I, I have a theory. Uh, based on Matthew chapter 24, uh, Jesus says that the, the Word must be preached to all the world, that it would be spread throughout the whole earth, the, the, the Word of the Gospel, that is, the Word of the good news of Jesus Christ. Perhaps these that are being waiting on to be killed are those who are going to fulfill what Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24, that there are still those who are going to be going out in the earth, that are going to be going to different places, that are going to be trying to reach some of these people who are trying to kill them, and they're trying to tell Tell them the gospel of Jesus Christ. They are trying to plea with them to repent, that they still have a chance to be forgiven, that they still have a chance to repent. And perhaps that's why God is being patient. Perhaps that's why God is saying, wait a little longer. It doesn't tell us in the text why, they're, why they have to wait for those to die, but that's what I believe is the case. I believe that God is using those that are left to preach the gospel to those who need to hear it. Let's read a little further into the sixth seal. Now here's where it begins to get uh, difficult. Here's where it gets tough. Then I saw him open the sixth seal. A violent earthquake occurred, and the sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The entire moon became like blood. The stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its unripe figs when shaken by a high wind. Now, remember that. Keep your finger there and flip back to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Now, after Jesus uh, says that these things are going to happen in the first four seals, the, uh, the false Messiah is coming, uh, the, the famines, the earthquakes, the things such as that, He says that there are, there are many who are going to be killed, which takes place in the fifth seal. Uh, before we get to the sixth seal, we see uh, Jesus kind of go back to the book of Daniel in Matthew 24. And let's see what happens here. So when you see the abomination that causes desolation, that is, the Antichrist, I believe, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. A man on the housetop must not come down to get things out of his house. And a man in the field must not go back to, his, to get his clothes. Woe to, a pregnant, to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. Pray that your escape may not be in winter or on a Sabbath. For at that time there will be great tribulation, the kind that hasn't taken place from the beginning of the world until now, and never will again, unless those days were limited, no one would survive. But those days will be limited because of the elect." Now, 
Things are getting really bad. And then Jesus said, in the midst of all these things getting really bad, that the abomination of desolation, or that causes desolation, that is the Antichrist, is going to come. And in the book of Daniel, it says that he's going to break his covenant with the people of Israel halfway through the seven years. And I believe that this is halfway through the tribulation. After these things that we read in the first five seals here take place, that the Antichrist is going to make himself known who he is. And then it's going to get really bad. Jesus said there will be great tribulation like you have never seen before. And He said unless those days were shortened, nobody would make it out. That's how bad it's going to be. But He says, Jesus does, that those days will be shortened because of the elect. I believe that's talking about Christians. Some would say that's uh, Israel, but I, I believe it's the church, as Christians as a whole. And I believe God in His grace, even though there's been some judgment that's poured out into the seals, we are about to see God's wrath coming, and it's going to be really bad. And so for the elect, our days are going to be shortened. We are going to be delivered from that time. We'll talk about that in a little more detail next week. We are going to be uh, delivered from that time. It goes on to say in verse 23, If anyone tells you then, look, here is the Messiah, or over here, do not believe it. False messiahs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonder to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Now, how bad is it going to be? It's going to be so bad that Jesus says even his children, if it was possible, could be led astray. Now, we as Christians say, oh, I never fall for anything. It's going to be some stuff there, y'all. We're going to see these powers of evil. We're going to see the Antichrist, the, the, the false prophet, all these that we're going to study about in the weeks to come. They are going to do some gnarly stuff. And it is going to deceive many. It is going to deceive many who have sit in churches their whole life and have never given their life to Jesus Christ. I don't want you to be one of those people here today. I don't want you to be somebody that's just sitting in a pew and then one day when the wrath of God comes and you haven't escaped it and then you've got to stand before God one day and say, but God, I went to church every day. Do not be deceived. I said that a lot last week and I know you're saying, oh, not on this again. But look, it's important that we hear that because the Bible says that there will be many who will be deceived. So we don't want to be deceived by the things that are going to come. Let's read a little, a little further. Take note, I have told you in advance. So if they tell you, look, he's in the wilderness, don't go out. Look, he's in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east and flashes as far as the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever the carcass is, there the vultures will gather. So Jesus says, look, I'm telling you this in advance. Why is Jesus telling us in advance? So we won't be so foolish as to miss it. Jesus tells us exactly what is going to take place in the end as those time comes. And Jesus says, I tell you in advance so you don't miss what's going to happen. Let's read a little further. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not shed its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the celestial powers will be shaken. That's exactly what we see taking place uh, in the sixth seal. That's exactly what we see prophesied in the book of Joel. In Joel chapter 3, or chapter 2, right toward the end of the chapter, it talks about the same language. The same things are going to happen in the day of the Lord. That is the day that the Lord's wrath will begin to be poured out on the earth. Jesus is going along just exactly with what happened in Matthew 24. What happens is these seals are being broken. But here's the good part. This is the good part. 
Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and glory. He will send out His angels with a loud trumpet, and they will gather His elect from the four winds, from one end of the sky to the other. So just as things are about to get really bad, as God's wrath are beginning to be poured out, those who don't believe will see Him, and those who do believe will see Jesus appear in the sky. And those who are His elect, those who are in Christ, will be spared from the wrath that is to come. That's good news for us Christians. The Bible never tells us it's going to be easy. Jesus tells us in Matthew 24 that they're going to do some bad things to those of us who are His in the days that are coming. It happened to His disciples. It happens to people today. And it's going to happen in more scale, even worse, in those end times when that comes. Back to Revelation chapter 7. Verse 15, Then the kings of the earth, the nobles, the military commanders, the rich, the powerful, and every slave and free person hid in caves and among the rocks, the mountains. And they said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. It's going to be a bad day. It's going to be a bad day. Because when all these things take place, those who have rejected Jesus Christ, those who have said there is no God, those who have said, I'm going to put it off, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to seek your word, I'm going, to, I'm going to get saved next week, Lord, I'm going to get saved next year, Lord, those who have put it off, those who have completely rejected the Lord, those who say He don't exist, even these scientists in the world that say God doesn't exist and can give you all kind of numbers, why? Even these who are convinced that there is no God, no master creator of heaven and earth, when this day comes, every man and woman and child on earth will see that Jesus Christ Christ is returning to bring His children home. And when His children are gone, there is only one thing left for those that remain, and that is God's wrath. And what a horrible day that will be. And the people realize that. I believe they will realize it instantly. I don't believe it will be have to be something that they'll see and say, hmm, you know, that might have been Jesus I saw up here yesterday. I think in an instant, because I think their Holy Spirit and their heart already has something in there that's tugging them to say, oh, maybe there is, and people block that out. They block that out. They don't want to have anything to do with God. They don't want to have anything to do with anything inside them. But I think all people deep down inside, if they take time and they look down deep, they know that there is a God, whether they refuse to acknowledge it or not. They know that there is a God. And I believe that in that moment, they will know for sure, oh, dear. The day of wrath has come. It says they flee and they hide in the caves and they ask the rocks to fall on them so they don't have to face the wrath of God. That's going to be a bad day. Praise the Lord that we as His children are going to be gone in that day. We're going to talk about that next week. We have seen in these seven seals, we have seen and uh, moved from judgment on this earth that I believe comes through the Antichrist and all these other evil people in the world, this judgment that we are part of those things. And we have seen a shift to where God's people had been killed and they're seeking vengeance <coughs> or, or, and God comes to avenge them and then we see the end draw near. We see God's wrath being prepared to be poured out, so much so that people are hiding. People that have put their faith and trust in their house and their money and their work and whatever it may be, they realize in an instant that that's not good enough. One commentator said that in those days, the most valuable piece of land will be a hole in the ground. 
And how true that'll be. When you're standing there before God's wrath, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ, there is nothing else in this world that you can think of. There's nothing else that can save you because there's nothing that'll separate you from you and God. The wrath has come. I don't want anybody to have to experience that. I want you guys to be ready so that when Jesus Christ comes, so that when His elect are taken up, when His chosen, when the ones who have accepted Him as Lord and Savior, when those are taken up, that you'll be one of those. That you'll be one of those. God's Word gives us all of this stuff. Not just for funsies, not just so we can have something to read. He gives it to us as a warning. It's not just uh, one little thing. It's repeated time and time and time again throughout God's Word. And we see it here in full force in the book of Revelation, the things that are coming and the things that are going to take place. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because i got news for you. The wrath of God is coming. But the good news is God's grace came before God's wrath is coming. God's grace came in the form of Jesus Christ. God doesn't just say, He didn't just say, I'm going to send my wrath and destroy all of you, even though you and I deserve it. We deserve it. Because we're evil, sinful people. We don't deserve God's love. But praise the Lord that He sent His grace before He sends His wrath. And we need to accept Him. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have to face some judgment, some consequences of, uh, of things that go along in this world. We will. As Christians, the Bible tells us we will have a hard time. But praise the Lord, the Bible also tells us we will escape God's wrath. But only those who have accepted His grace. Only those who are covered by the blood. Only those who are living in the grace of Jesus Christ. And we want evil to be justified. We want things to be taken care of. And God will in His due time. But if you haven't accepted Him, praise the Lord for His patience. Because I believe He is delaying because there are some that have not accepted that are going to. And maybe some of you in this room, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, then today is the day. Accept His grace before you experience His wrath. Let's pray. God, I come to You this morning. I thank You. There's some heavy stuff today, dear Lord. God, I desperately want You to return. I want... I want You to avenge Your people, dear Lord. I want You to serve justice, God. There's so much evil. But God, I pray that we would be patient. That we would be patient that lost souls would be saved. God, I pray that if there are any in this room that have heard Your Word today, maybe for the first time, maybe they, they've never got it, but maybe today, God, Your Holy Spirit has convicted them. God, I pray that they would seek You, that they would accept You, Lord Jesus, as their Lord and Savior. God, I pray that You would help us to be ready as Christians, to be prepared for whatever may come our way. Dear Lord, I know many would say that the church will be gone before any bad things happen. And God, Your Word is, is kind of hard to understand, and maybe we will. God, if we're raptured up before bad times come, then praise the Lord. But God, if we're here, then prepare us. Get us ready. Help us to stand firm. Help us to not deny You. Help us to give a strong testimony and live for You no matter what may come our way. God, I pray that You would bless each one that's here today. I pray that they would seek Your Word, God, not just take my word for it, but to go back and to read these words and let Your Holy Spirit guide. And I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.